0: Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute him. But we're late for the charity auction.
1: But, Mother... I said no. Please? Oh, all right.
2: Three Films and a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Three Films and a Little Podcast. Our little podcasts are smaller episodes that either include recaps of our earlier rounds or podcasts that are covering the events that we may have done. Um, we just barely finished our Stream and Scream event where it was an, a watch party where we hopped on Netflix, teleparty. We watched Adam's Family. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of participation on our Instagram and we had a good, a decent showing for the watch party. So thank you for anyone who participated in that. Um, we were excited uh, to be able to watch that with you guys. Me and Ben are in from Salt Lake and we have got Tyler up in Portland. If you are tuning into this show on this Halloween episode, hoping that we talk about Ted Bundy, famous Utah (laughs) Ted Bundy, you are mistaken. You need to leave this podcast now. We are not going to talk about that. Um, Or you could stay and you can hear us talk about Adam's family. We'd love for you to hear uh, what we have to say. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say in response to it.
2: There's plenty of pods about serial killers. There's not enough about the Adam's family. Exactly.
0: That's that's sort of the feeling that we had going into this. Um, what's what's interesting is we did have several like more scare scary horror movies enter our tournament uh, that we went through on Instagram, and as it turned out, the uh, family Halloween flick Adams family ended up winning, uh, which I think was a win for everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, for sure, we are looking to do more tournaments every single month. So look forward to some in November, December, January. We've already got it planned out. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. Um, But without further ado, we'd like to jump into Adam's Family. And so I'm going to uh, shoot this over to Ben to give us a little bit of information on the movie itself.
2: Well, I mean, this was a great film. This is the 1991 live action Adam's Family movie. I'm just going to read the IMDb description real quick. It says, con artists plan to fleece an eccentric family using an accomplice who claims to be their long lost uncle. Yeah, so like the description says, there's some con artists who are trying to take over the Adams family home and they have a relative who looks very similar to a long-lost relative of the Adams family and they use him to work their way into the family and I don't know how how do we I don't know how do I like
1: <laughs> I'll be honest man, I wouldn't even begin to
2: is be this, able to recap yeah.
1: this movie because I barely watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, they get
2: un- like Uncle Fester look like, who turns out it actually is Uncle Fester.
1: So hold I'm- on, okay, let's talk about this right now because, like I just said, like I barely even watched the movie, and we talked yeah. about this in our little like uh, Instagram live recap we did. Yeah, and I, but I didn't really get to talk about it with Matt. Like the watch party itself was so much fun with all the mm-hmm. the chat going on back and forth that like i barely even watched the movie like you know the movie served as a prompt for like discussion in the chat yes. which was just so much fun so if if you missed it uh try and join the next one it really is a good time um but like so is it really uncle fester is it like does it end up really being him
2: <laughs> yeah because he has like yeah, this is just going to be how we explain it, I guess, <laughs> just talking about last night. Cause I'm the same. I was so excited about the discussion that I have to look up. I'm like, oh, we're like 15 minutes into this. I, get, I should pay attention. But yeah. yeah, like Uncle Fester goes missing in the Bermuda Triangle. But it turns out that this Gordon dude who has like a wig and looks exactly like Uncle Fester is actually him because he has a memory loss issue. So I think that's at the end when he gets like zapped by the lightning, when he's holding open the book, like his memory comes back. It's like, oh, wait I actually am this guy they all think I am I okay. was just like yeah so he was it was it was actually Uncle Fester the whole time but okay, I don't know
1: I, I genuinely had no idea at the I, end of the movie I was like wait was that Uncle Fester like, <laughs> yeah, I, I assume I,
2: it is
0: but for some reason yeah. this is news to me yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know it was
2: it was really good if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Adam's Family just watch it like it's it's really good but it's a yeah, I don't know. It, it's like I mean, a Manchurian I, Candidate thing where they bring someone in who I don't know. It's it's fantastic. It's really. And fun.
1: I'll I'll say this, man. I don't know if if it could have been more appropriately cast. Maybe oh, it's because yeah. I grew up with these characters or these mm-hmm. representations being the way that I see the characters. But even I do remember um, like the cartoons and stuff, and I feel like it's like they put the cartoons on screen, like every single. Every single person in here looks exactly the way that you would think that they should look. And it's like it's it's really well done and it's really impressive.
2: One of the best like movie castings ever. I know was it Justin or I don't know, someone in the chat, Justin or Kevin talked about like is it hard not to see Christopher Lloyd and like I, I agree, I get that, but also it's sure. just like I think it's Christopher Lloyd every time He when he's yeah. he's at, you know, like when he's, I forget his character name in Taxi, but it's like, it's always just Christopher Lloyd doing something. But for some reason that's okay. He's like the anti Daniel Day Lewis, you know, like he doesn't really like, <laughs> yeah. like become camouflaged on the like chameleon with the role, but he's just like, oh, it's Christopher Lloyd doing something. I like that. It's sort that's of like cool. Danny
1: McBride. It's like, he's always yes. just Danny or even like yeah. Will Ferrell. Like it's just yeah. Will Ferrell doing Will Ferrell stuff or yeah, christopher exactly. lloyd like, doing christopher lloyd stuff but he mm-hmm. just is bald and he's uncle fester like, yeah, but fine. we
2: even yeah we like got in the chat and we talked about like if you had to reboot this you know who's the new cast and honestly i think we all just agreed like you just have to keep christina ricci like i don't like who oh, are you yeah. gonna replace her with like she just yeah. she stays the same but i think there are some fun ones you know i actually talked about javier bardem being um gomez adams which is i think is such a good casting and mm-hmm. she and i were chatting and that like Anna de would be a pretty awesome Morticia, you know, I think she'd be kind of fun. She's, uh, from Knives Out, you know, she's the, the, um, I don't know, I don't know exactly. Protagonist,
0: like the main. Yeah, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think
2: what her job was, like, I don't know, she's the protagonist, but (laughs) it'd be fun to kind of, like, come up with a, a casting reboot for this. But, yeah, as it is, everyone is cast perfectly, um. I think Adam's family values even just bumps it up a little more. Cause we get Carol Kane in there and John Cusack and what movie isn't better with John Cusack in it. So yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, yeah.
0: I, I do want to revisit like reboots um, mm-hmm. later on talking about like how iconic these characters are. I would be interested to, I would be really interested to go back to like 1985 and just like see how iconic these characters were for like people in that time because they had the TV show. And so you had like the, my dad, Steve, big Adams family fan from the TV show. So those characters were iconic to him. And I, I'm not sure, like, what were they like a household name during Mm. that time? Like had enough time passed where like maybe for Steve's it was, but for like the younger kids, it wasn't because from this one movie came obviously a sequel There probably would have been a trilogy if Raul Julia had lived. Mm -hmm. Um, But like cartoons came from it. All kinds of things came from this. I would be interested to go back and see like, is it iconic because it came out in 1990 in in the early nineties? Yeah. Um, But uh, that said, I, one of the things that's great about this is it's, it's, it checks all the boxes of Halloween movies. It's got like the haunted house, all these like morbid, this morbid humor, um, some Frankenstein esque characters. I but I would be curious to hear. Uh, I guess Tyler's take on. I mean, all of our takes. Well, let's start with Tyler. What does the Adams family give you in a Halloween movie that other Halloween movies don't give you?
1: I think the first thing that jumps to my mind is just uh, the like uh, the broad appeal of it. You know, it's something that. It's fun for the whole family. You know what I mean? It's, it's genuinely something that everyone can enjoy. Uh, you know, like it's, it's funny because we talked about it privately in our little Slack chat about um, that writer's note on the screenplay about how Morticia and Gomez are just like, they have this insatiable sexual appetite for each other.
2: <laughs> Someday we'll be buried here, side by
0: side, six feet under, in matching coffins. Our lifeless bodies rotting together
1: for all eternity. Got a meal. To put it, PG 13. Um, so it's funny looking back at it, you know, from an older perspective and definitely noticing that. But having it, I, I think I recognized it as a kid. Like, oh man, these guys are like really into each other. And like, you know, I wasn't oblivious to the fact of what was going on behind closed doors, but it just wasn't as prevalent. You know, I think I remembered, more, I remembered like uh cousin it and the thing and uncle Fester more from yeah. me when I was younger. And so I think it just, the biggest thing it can offer is it's, it's something that's like, you know, festive for the season. And it's funny. Like I got some genuine laughs out of this thing. Um, and you know, it's like, it's, it's quirky. It's fun. It's campy. And uh, mm-hmm. just silly. So I, I think for me, it's just the fact that, uh, it's accessible to everyone and uh maybe timeless is the wrong word but you know it's definitely held up you know it held up mm-hmm. for me it's it's probably going to be in like the pop culture halloween lore for a very long time and the, like the I, the theme song like we talked about it in the in the chat is just iconic like you know the 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 second it starts and you hear the snaps and everything and it just was like yeah. When that started playing, I was like, "Oh shit like this is gonna be fun like, <laughs> yeah. I forgot I like this, this yeah. <laughs> these characters in this this world you know like it was it was pretty cool,
2: yeah I mean you talked about how much they offered to the the pop culture of it and that's kind of you know the thing I wanted to talk about was this I mean obviously it started with the show, but I feel like in our age group this came out when we were you know very young we we're all still single digits but I think what it's also created and offered is as silly as it is just like a whole new um Like like the costumes, you know what I mean? It's just like everyone knows what these are. Like, you can dress up as Wednesday Adams, people know who Wednesday Adams is. Like, I I don't know, like, you know, I'd be curious to ask Steve, like, I don't know if people were dressing up as Wednesday back in the day, you know? (laughs) But now, like, with Christina Ricci, like making this role what it is, you know, like you can dress up as Uncle Fester or. um,
1: Speaking of which, I don't mean to cut you off, but somewhere there is some pictures of me as Uncle Fester oh man uh, on stage for like a school performance singing you have the to monster find mash
2: oh i have i, I know it. the
1: photos in my yearbook somewhere so i'll try and find it we need to and post I'll, it yeah i'll yeah. post it if i can find it because it's it's pretty embarrassing it's pretty <laughs> incredible so if i can find it i'll definitely share it
2: <laughs> oh, i'm so excited to see this picture um <laughs> yeah but i just think that's kind of what you know one of the big things that they offered. i mean obviously as far as like actual halloween movies are concerned it it, it reaches out to like a broad audience you know kind of even though it is pg-13 i think i was surprised to see it was pg-13 i thought it was a family movie you know same i thought it PG. was gonna be pg and yeah. so when i saw it, it's like oh it's pg-13 and like yes like the, the sexual chemistry is insane <laughs> like, it's <is> so <laughs> strong. like I, I didn't remember that you know i was saying with you tyler it's like oh yeah they really like each other but now looking back on it, i was like wow okay this is like this yeah. is very this is intense but at the same time like it's it's clearly just between the two of them like it doesn't affect anybody else it seems like there's like oh yeah that's just Gomez and Morticia that's fine whatever yeah but um yeah I think that's just like one of the biggest things it's it's become such a pop culture icon they have the Adventist family whether it's like the costumes Mm -hmm. or just something that you can reference and you know I'm curious you know like we mentioned like for us we were talking about Ashley and I where it's like, oh, what else is Raul Julia and I was like, Street Fighter, I don't know what else because he's just, he's Gomez Adams to me, you know, that's it. And we watched Witches last night after Adam's Family and I Houston was fantastic. She's so good in that but, I don't know how many Wes Anderson movies I can watch. She's still just going to be Morticia Adams to me. Like that's just, <laughs> it's what I grew up with. That's who she was. I didn't like in my mind, Oh, this is the first movie she's ever done. She's fantastic. Like, I don't know what her history is. I just know she's yeah. Morticia Adams to me, but um, yeah, I think it just has, it's such a big influence on the, the pop culture around Halloween.
1: For sure.
0: And I think like, I mean, it came from a TV show, so it had the benefit in the sixties to like, sort of develop this world Mm -hmm. um, that maybe like other Halloween movies don't have like that luxury. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about it is like, you have these, this iconic family, very distinct characters, every single one of them. I mean, you have the, um, Lurch, Lurch is sort of like the Frankenstein type character, but apart from Lurch, every single character is their own unique. It's almost like the anti Hollywood monsters um, for Halloween. Like,
1: They're so creative creative
0: too. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. so like you don't have, it's not, it's not using like the lore of Dracula. It's not using the mummy, the invisible man. Like it's, it's using like things that are like familiar that feel like sort of in that creepy Avenue, but like
2: are just like its own, its own thing. So I was going to say, like, I think there's a lot of inspiration from the classics, like you said, but you know, like Morticia Adams, I feel like someone said, give me Bride of Frankenstein, but put her hair down. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can do that. You know, it's like, it's just a little difference. Like I feel like Gomez, whatever his roots are fall in the Dracula vampire thing, but he's obviously not that it's just kind of like the style, but I agree with you. Like it's all a lot of original takes on characters.
0: Yeah. And and the chemistry and the relationships, there are like totally unique to like throw Mm -hmm. them into like a family dynamic, I think is super interesting. Um, and just like even the the tradition and the the house and the traditions that are in the house playing almost like a a character in the movie as well. Oh, for sure. Uh, um and also like I mean the the hand like what other horror has a dismembered hand? <laughs> so you know cool. walking around. Um it's it, yeah, it's just such a cool thing. Um and I don't know if you, have you guys seen the new CGI reboot of Adam's family?
2: No, I, haven't I haven't checked it out. The voice cast is amazing though, but I, I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. So, I mean, it, it, it
0: I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too far into it. Cause the real conversation I want to have around it is, I guess the role that, um, that reboots have on like these more nostalgic pieces mm-hmm. um, that we grew up with. Because when I look back and I look at the, even, even the CGI is dated, but like the practical effects are sort of what makes these like earlier Halloween type movies. Like Tim Burton yeah. was obviously like the king of these in the yeah. early nineties. But like, that's what sort of like, I see these practical effects. I see these, the set design, the costume design, and that's what like Halloween is to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And some of these reboots, especially the CGI reboots, just like as much as like you like these characters and you like the depiction and an animated style, they don't have that same, I can't think of the word. It's like, like a
2: charm or something. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's a it's a there's a warmth to it, knowing that it's a real place that they filmed in.
0: Exactly, and so yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, hear Ben your take on reboots and like, I guess, the role that reboots have on us and whether they're a good thing, a bad thing, or I guess it's just your overall feelings on them.
2: I mean, I feel like they're ne- necessary. They're going to be around forever because I, I feel like maybe with your kids, for example, like maybe their first entrance into the Addams Family would be the CGI version and then you could be like actually there's this cool older version which is based on an even cooler older version you know mm-hmm. and I agree with you. like we were watching it and I know I put in the, the the chat that like oh man the thing like the CGI was really awesome and then it cut to another scene yeah. where you could clearly <laughs> see like the outline where they framed in the hands yeah. Like, Maybe I spoke too soon. But overall, I mean, for being 1991, like, it was really – it was good. You know, like, some of my favorite stuff that I remember from this movie is like – You know, like thing holding up the golf ball while Gomez hits it, you know, like I remember that stuff and even just seeing it down, like, how do they do this? This is so cool. Like, yeah, I don't remember if it was this movie or the next one, but like riding the skateboard around things like that. But I think reboots, um, they're just they're good because they they offer a new introduction to something for people. When you go CGI for the reboot, honestly, one of the first thoughts I had um, I know it's not a reboot, it's a, like an extension, but it's when you get back to the prequels, I think that's kind of where like the Star Wars stuff falls short. Is because episodes one through three, you know, that they were just all on blue screen. Like, I know there's real people there, but that was the charm of episodes four through six. Like, they just had to build these locations mm-hmm. and film in them. And, and that's I, for me, anyways, I feel like for a lot of people, that's what was missing. Yeah. Um, you know, the stories are still the stories, that's fine. But as far as like the actual sets, like, oh, you know, they're just like staring at a wall. And I think that's what gets missed with the CGI aspect of it. But also, I mean, I got thinking about it too. And like when you get to CGI remakes, I mean, Disney's been doing that recently. I think a lot of people thought with this Lion King cast that it had the chance to be the biggest movie of all time. You have Beyonce and Donald Glover and like all these people that's in the CGI live action remake of Lion King. But even that didn't have the charm of the first one, because the first one, you know, like, I think this one just made it maybe look too realistic. It's like, well, this isn't fun. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) it's fine. But it's just like, I don't know, the the animation was what made it really fun and just, like, breathtaking. And they've been doing that on, you know, to differing responses you know they've Mm -hmm. they've done live action with beauty and the beast or cinderella things like that i know they're doing more they have the the one i'm actually excited about which might sound Mm -hmm. kind of weird is i think they're doing like a live action interpretation of 101 dalmatians with emma stone and i'm actually like pretty excited to see that because i do think those old 101s with glenn close worked really well because those characters are really fun to see on screen so i think i think remakes can work um in the right context. And I think maybe something like this, like the Adams family, CGI reboot or, you know, Scooby-Doo, things like that. It's with a targeted audience in mind, which totally makes sense because they may not be as into like, they may not be as patient to watch the 1991 version where they can see the effects and how bad they are. Maybe they just want the cartoon. And and I totally understand that. But for me, I mean, I always fall back on this one as, as my Adams family. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's just funny because like, the movie that we're talking about in itself is actually a reboot. Mm-hmm. So like it speaks to your point where like in 1991 or 92 or whenever I watched this movie, I think I would have been about 10 times more likely to watch this movie than I would have been to watch like the the cartoon or the show from the 60s. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think it's, I think it's a good point that like, you know, maybe the, the reboot comes out and, a new generation likes it and then they go back and revisit this one because I, I don't see why you would need to exactly make like remake this movie you know what mm-hmm. I mean? like if you're rebooting the story in and of itself like all the different spider-mans or whatever that's one thing but like if you're just gonna like make the same movie like if they just make the Adams family the way that it exists in 1991 yeah. in the CGI version like that's dumb and that's why I don't, mm-hmm. that's like that's why I don't think the Lion King works or whatever because it's just like you're not it's not adding anything other than you're just like flexing your muscles with your animation. You know what I mean? Like, like why not just put that same cast together and, and create a new story? Like you're telling me Pixar and Disney and whoever, like don't have the creative power to create, another compelling story for all these incredible actors and voice actors, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, I don't think there's really one answer to like whether or not reboots are a good or a bad thing. I think it's case by case. And I think like if they tried to remake back to the future, like that'd be insane to me. You know what I mean? But like there are other movies like in that same vein, I'm sure that like were a good idea, but maybe not carried out very well that maybe you can reboot like a, maybe a bad example of it would be like something like 21 jump street, you know, like mm-hmm. that was a thing that was a, a TV series that was like generally well liked and popular, but then they found a new angle on it and a new way to tell that story and they rebooted it and it was successful And this time. So it's like, you know, yeah. I guess it's just case by case. It's just, and so like a cash grab to me, like the lion King, like that's why that doesn't work because it's, cause it's mm-hmm. like, who cares? Like, I I'll go hang out with Jonathan Taylor Thomas again. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) For sure. And something like that, I think kids can still be drawn to like, it's not a thing that's going to like age or look poorly. You know, I know it's hand drawn cell animation, but it looks fantastic. And I think, where, you know, you talk about 21 Jump Street, I think where they really shined is they acknowledged, like, right. the meta-ness of it, you know? Yeah. It's like,
0: do you even know the Miranda rights? <laughs> Look, it
2: obviously starts with, do you have the right
0: to remain an attorney? Did you say you have the right to be an attorney?
1: You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to.
0: We're reviving a canceled undercover police
2: program from the 80s. You idiots are officially transferred. Where do we report? Down on Jump Street, 21 Jump Street yeah we ran out of ideas so we're calling this uh, project like 21 Jump like oh, okay like I like that they're aware of what's going on you know right. plus some of the throwbacks to the old characters but then you have remakes like Gus Van Zandt's Psycho which is almost quite literally a shot for shot remake it's just like why this why why did you do this like psycho is a perfect movie like i love vince vaughn i'll watch him i thought he was actually good in this but it was still just like Hmm. why did you do this so i don't understand like why this is here and like what you say for back to the future is what i will always say for ferris bueller like if anyone tries to remake that, I'm just going to go chain myself to the gates of whatever <laughs> Universal or something. Like, you can't do this. I have no other choice, okay? This is the only rational way I know to prevent this tragedy. Also, it doesn't work. We have cell phones now. This movie doesn't work now. So just if leave me alone, I ever, you know? yeah.
1: If I ever become wealthy enough to produce a movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It would be, be the end of the pod. Able to-
1: I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself. I'd have to do a, a Ferris remake. I oh, just man. keep it for myself. Like Prince, how he kept all those oh, documentaries yeah. he made and evolved yeah. somewhere.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, I think to
0: address both the points that you guys make, like, I guess first with Ben's like, yeah, I, I'm not inclined. I haven't been inclined to go back and watch like the Adams family. And since the nineties, Adams family was my Adams family. That's always going to be the one I gravitate to. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the new one and it like, I, I like the animation. It obviously did well enough to uh, warrant a sequel. There's going to be a sequel to it. And so it obviously tested well with kids. And obviously these studios have all the numbers behind like their decisions. And so to Fuzz's point, Tyler's point, I don't know if the podcast knows you as Fuzz. Uh,
1: I, honestly, point, I think most people that listen to this probably know me as Fuzz. <laughs> okay. But uh, I Fuzz don't is really, Tyler. Yeah, It really doesn't matter to me one way or the other.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Interchangeable. Yeah. To... T- um, to
1: Bob Villain's point. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> um, to your point about like it being just like a case by case thing. I think a remake for the sake of passing on like the characters to a new generation is always going to be a good idea. I think mm-hmm. it's a, a sellable idea. And especially when you waited the right amount of time for it to become nostalgic for the audience, for like parents um, it's always going to be a good idea. Now, the question is, who do you get on board with it? Like who who do you get um to write it? Who do you get to, I guess, do the reboot? Mm-hmm. And do they have the right ideas to bring it to the to the next um next generation? Because I can tell you right now, my daughter loves Lion King, was we, we got her into Lion King for the reboot, but she is way more attached to the cartoon that I grew up with than the reboot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so to me, From my perspective, like that's a failed reboot as beautiful and as like perfect of a cast, like the reboot had, like it didn't catch the new generation the way that the original still did.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And And I didn't,
1: sorry, I didn't anticipate talking about this and I don't want to keep ragging on the Lion King, but like, (laughs) like the, it was perfectly set up like the amount of time that's passed from when that was actually released to now is a Mm -hmm. perfect amount of time to have been like, okay, now Simba is the age of that Mufasa was, (laughs) And now, like, the kingdom's in prosperity, and then maybe Scar's distant relative tries to take overthrow the kingdom. Like, that's a pretty simple pitch that I feel like could have been just as good as the original, and, and like, your daughter could have attached right. to both. Yes. And then they've, like, like, gapped the generations, right? Like,
2: mm-hmm. I just
1: can't believe that, like, the amount of meetings that had to go into, <laughs> like, remaking the Lion King, and the fact that it got through all of them, like, that had to have just yeah. been someone... Someone at the top was like, "No, we're doing this. That's my favorite movie. I want to see it like a computer movie." Well, and I think
0: there's a part of all of us that are like, since we love the original of something so much, it's like it has to be so true to the original. Like yeah. we don't want anything but the original, and so then you see the original remade, and it's not done better. You just go back to the original.
2: And yeah, I, I wonder if like Lion King shortfall because it was directed by John Favreau. And I think he got this because his remake of Jungle Book, I thought was really, really good. But I also wonder if it's because I didn't have the same emotional attachment to the original Jungle Book as I did to Lion King. Maybe, you know, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I like the Jungle King or the Jungle Book. That's a, that's a fun movie, whatever. You know, if the Beatles is the vultures, like there's cool stuff hmm. to it. But then he makes the remake and to me, it didn't take away from either one. I was like, oh, this is really good. Like Bill Murray is blue. But it's yeah. perfect casting. It was so smart, and it's a perfect mix mix of CGI and you have the live action Mowgli. You have a great cast, of like Idris Elba. Like you have so many, so many great people. And I wonder if Lion King suffered from maybe our love and our like passion for the original Lion King just being too strong. Like you're not going to make anything better than this. Whereas you can make the argument, like yeah, the Jungle Book can be remade maybe you know maybe you can update it and that just overall you know we can move on but the last point I want to make (laughs) is just like I think the remake of a movie to me I give it the same um, idea as just like a cover song like if you can make it your own version that's fantastic but if you're just gonna like do the same version of the song it's like well what's the point you know it's like like, that
1: wagon wheel song that Darius Rucker did
2: yeah yeah exactly like you can do anything like that. Like I remember, you know, to show my cards here, little middle school band thought like, Oh wow. The Fuji's road killing me softly. This is a fantastic song. <laughs> then my teacher mm. was like, no, this is a cover. I was like, Oh, but th- this is also how we introduce yeah the youth to to things it's like yeah you think this song is great it was awesome 40 years ago when it came <laughs> out you know and that's just kind of how it is now you know it's this uh you know it's the the johnny cash and nine inch nails hurt you know it's uh-huh. like you it mm-hmm. can be improved like you can improve on a good thing but maybe lion king was just too magical to touch
1: maybe yeah and I think it's interesting. I'm not going to let this drop quite yet. <laughs> no, um, I uh, I didn't like the Jungle Book either. So, oh, maybe, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. I was like, okay, great. I don't know. Like you said, I thought like Bill Murray was cool in it, and mm-hmm. Selva and Scarlett Johansson and all that stuff. But it's just like, eh, whatever. I still like liked the first one better. But yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's case by case, and I think it just depends on what new, or fresh idea are you bringing to the table to like make it a new its own thing and i'm excited
2: to see what barry jenkins brings to it because lion king's getting a sequel with the director of moonlight so i'm really curious to see what lion king 2 is going to be like and apparently it had the demand so okay well
1: maybe we're maybe we're wrong yeah maybe we're all (laughs) just like way off base
2: but i saw that i was like oh barry jenkins okay this uh, i guess maybe i should give it a chance Give
0: me a Lion King where it's just Adam driver in a lion costume roaming around New York city.
2: I just saw him doing all the roles, just like having me scar (laughs) and Mufasa just like doing everything. He would be
1: pretty rad as scar. Actually. He would be fantastic. (laughs) I would love that. That'd be amazing.
2: Now hashtag Adam driver for Lion King (laughs) Let's get him in there. The spawn of scar.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, again, to, to, I guess to validate our points, Spider-Man everyone rolled their eyes when they saw a third reboot of Spider-Man within the span of a decade.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're like, like what could they possibly do? And they did exactly what we've just said. They didn't re- they didn't retell the origin story mm-hmm. and they, they put it through the lens of a teen movie, which I think, I mean, Marvel has been kind of doing that. They've been kind of applying like a, a genre to their cinematic universe, which I think is like the right way to go. Cause it gives you a totally fresh look. Rather than telling a Spider-Man story, they're telling a teen movie story with Spider-Man in it. Yeah, And I think right. that's an interesting approach.
2: It's John um, Hughes directs Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> to get, I guess, circle back to Adam's family, what were the favorite parts? Um, my favorite part, I think, was the character played by Dana Ivy when she's just like talking with Cousin It and sort of flirting.
1: You're a marvelous dancer. It's been such fun. I can't. We mustn't. Call me.
0: We've seen that scene like a bunch of times like it's kind of like a scene that you see in a lot of movies where like these two like this unlikely pair is like kind of hitting it off. But for whatever reason, it just like hit me in the right spot of how, like, it was just so funny to me for whatever reason.
1: My favorite part was when two random cheeseburgers got delivered to my door that I didn't have to pay for.
0: What a great twist.
1: Um, for, no, a serious answer, though, would just be like any, any Wednesday scene.
0: What are you, darling? Where's your costume? This is my costume. I'm a homosexual maniac. They look just like everyone
1: else. She was killing me, and I, and I don't remember. I could, like I said, my my memory was that Uncle Fester was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. You know, dressed like him, like I said, on stage for a school performance for Halloween one year, and I remember uh, the thing being like my favorite th- things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this time it was clear. It was like hands down Wednesday and Gomez. I thought like Gomez and Morticia, their whole thing was way great. more may, way more fun than I remember, but. Come Monsieur
2: Soleil. Gomez, querida. Last night you were unhinged. You were like some desperate howling demon. You frightened me.
1: Do it again. Uh, pretty much just any time Wednesday did Wednesday things. Just yeah. really cracks me up. So
2: good. <laughs> I mean, just to ride your coattails. That's I mean probably my favorite line from the movies with the Girl Scouts
0: is this made from real lemons yes I only like all natural foods and
2: beverages organically grown with no preservatives are you sure they're real lemons yes well I'll tell you what I'll
0: buy a cup if you buy a box of my delicious Girl Scout cookies do we have a
1: deal are they made from real Girl Scouts
2: She's still the show. I I remember liking her. I just don't remember how fantastic she really is, you know, throughout yeah. the whole thing. But my memory, even before re-watching this, like I said earlier, was always, you know, thing holding up the golf balls for um Gomez. Like I, I remember that kind of stuff. I don't remember cousin it being so small. For some reason, in my mind it was just like, I don't know, like a six foot tall, hairy yeah. thing just walking around, but yeah. then it pulls up in that it's little true mini mini Cooper <laughs> things like mm-hmm. oh yeah I guess I I didn't really process like it's it's amazing I guess how much like your dimensions change as you get you know older and taller like oh this is sure. like a, a small thing isn't is the same size like, as me have you
1: ever have you ever gone back to your elementary school yes yeah it's crazy
0: <laughs> speaking of Christina Ricci my sample size of uh, Christina Ricci Ricci films are all in the early 90s mm-hmm. um, I haven't followed any of the stuff that she's done in the last little while, but thinking of her roles, and I'm specific, specifically thinking of Casper, Adam's Family, now and then. Obviously, like her as Wednesday is just like that's. I mean, that's my favorite role that she's in. But she's kind of like irreplaceable in any of the movies that I can place her in. Like yeah. she's she had such a good like child actress career, um, and you 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 can't place anyone else in those roles and make it better.
2: Which is interesting
0: to say. It's it's almost like the Macaulay Culkin with Home Alone.
1: Like, I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape.
2: Ah! No one else could do that. Yeah. Yeah, What else would you? Yeah. Who else would you put in there? I'm like looking at IMDb right now to kind of go over because I feel the same. Where my my brain just goes to Adam's Family and Casper, but like, oh, she was in. Black Snake Moan with Samuel yes, Jackson. Like,
1: Sleepy Hollow. She's in a lot of like creepy stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, which makes sense. If you know what you're good at. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's exactly.
2: Right. Oh, Speed Racer. I hope sometime oh. we get to watch Speed Racer on this pod because I, I want some vindication for the Wachowskis Wich- because that movie is so fun. It is so good. <laughs> huh. And I hope we get to watch it because it is just. It is a vomit of color, but I I love that movie and I that was almost going to be my unsung gem. Honestly, like it was wow. between oh, that shit. I was talking about the killing and Paths of Glory. So I know we're doing the killing. But that's that's because I just I wanted to go back. You wanted like an older movie, you know, black mm-hmm. and white first Ku- Kubrick movie. But I had Speed Racer on my short list. I'm like man, I want to make these guys watch this because like it's it's nuts. It's insane, but it's them. so much fun. Well, so, I maybe mean, we'll get around to it.
1: We um. We are in control of this thing to some degree. So
2: that is true.
1: I can imagine you could make it happen
2: <laughs> unless you want to go to our
0: shop and pay yes. to make us watch something. you yes. you have that option.
2: Help support the pod. We think it'd be great. Like we want people just to pick movies for us. Your donation obviously helps us out, you know, for renting and, and buying these and putting this stuff out. There. There's also a Patreon, which would be super grateful. Anybody that wants to support us, it's a uh, patreon.com slash three films pod. There's Shout out to Austin mugs. Hutchins.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a mug. So here's my plug for the mug.
2: You can Yo, mug plug beverage out of this. It oh, holds any and all beverages.
1: I'm blowing it. I don't have mine yet. <laughs> oh, we got to build up. Asshole. We're
2: building up. I've had one. Now Matt has one. We're will <laughs> building up. That's all right. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs>
1: all right. Fair enough.
0: So to finish this little pod off, um, I think we got we to gotta wrap it up with the, with the Rushmore Mountain. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I would love to go through our our four favorite Halloween movies. Um, what Halloween movies you'd put up there and any honorable mentions would be great. I don't know which one of you guys wants to
2: start us off. I'm happy to kick us off. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, go for it. So my criteria for this, because I know, I mean, these things can be kind of left to you know your interpretation, and and mine was movies that take place around Halloween, not necessarily like Halloween focused movies. Having said that, my number one <laughs> choice is Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis, because I I don't know, I mean, this it, I for me it has to be on there. That's that's my number one choice. It's a fantastic, it's a wonderful movie. Um, even if you don't like scary movies, that one's really really good. Um, my next one is The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I think is just wonderful. I, I don't know anyone in the world who hasn't seen that, especially if you've ever set foot in a hot topic. You're well aware of The Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. Um, that's a, a beautiful movie. I remember my dad and I got to go to like an early sneak peek of that when they were still getting like the the test responses from the audience. So I, I know we got to that's see awesome. something like a little different than what actually came out, but that was... One of the highlights, you know, of my life. I remember walking on some weird back alley in San Francisco so into this cool. like this little theater and I had no idea what we were walking into. And then we got to watch the nightmare before Christmas. I'm like, whoa, this is super, whoa. super cool. Yeah. Um number three for me, uh, and this is gonna tie into also Ben's Crushmore Mountain, which I can now hey. say, hey, all right. Uh, Scream starring Nev Campbell. So she definitely makes my Crush More Mountain and, and Scream definitely makes my Halloween movie Rush More Mountain. So we're getting a, a two for one on that one. Wow. Nice. And then uh last but not least, just because it's like the Halloween scene I think of the most, uh it's E.T. Um that that makes my Halloween Picks as well just seeing like even just a little easter egg is a little yoda walking around <laughs> in there and I, I like the shout out between so, spielberg yeah. on that you know to lucas you know because they, yeah. they collaborate so often um and that's just i mean it's the classic you know with the sheet over him it's a classic thing um, oh yeah and my honorable mentions um go to the karate kid i mean the you know the bathtub outfit and just getting like you know, running through the school dance and stuff like that. That was super awesome. And then any time at all that I can bring up the Adam Sandler classic Big Daddy, I'm going to do that. And uh, yeah, fun fact, like when he takes that kid walking around to go, uh, you know, trick-or-treating and that guy, he's like, oh, I don't have anything. Get out of here, whatever. That's actually the director of the movie making a little cameo in there. So he's the guy that gives him his watch and he's like, be ready next year. So uh, yeah, so Karate Kid and Big Daddy make my honorable mentions. But yeah, Halloween, Nightmare Before Christmas, Scream and E.T. are my Rushmore Mountain.
1: Nice. Uh, It's an interesting take on that list because when I was going through, you know, looking at all the different lists online of best Halloween movies ever and stuff, uh, it was hard for me to like find an angle for how I wanted to do this because I don't really like scary movies that much. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what the lists I saw were. Um, And then I did see like ET was on a lot of those lists and Ghostbusters, which I love both of those movies, but the way I decided to go for it was uh, which movies do I like most that I would probably only watch around Halloween. Yeah. So they're not necessarily like about Halloween or whatever, but they're just, they're more like spooky or like, uh, festive, like yeah, f- hallo- festive for Halloween. So, um, my first on my list is Beetlejuice, which is sort of a contradiction to what I just said. Cause I'd probably watch Beetlejuice anytime, but, um, like just, it's uh, such a an interesting like uh creepy silly movie.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: world the world that it exists in is very very much halloween to me. And uh yeah, so that would be first on my list. Uh next would be Young Frankenstein.
2: That's Frankenstein.
1: Which is another oh, one man. like I love Young Frankenstein. It's uh I watched it with my grandfather. Um I don't remember how old I was, but I was fairly young, and he 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 was like, "Hey, this is a movie you need to see." So he Felt, sat down so with good. me, and it's one of my favorite movies with my grandfather is watching Young Frankenstein. You just and got I think, a
2: lot of points from Leo Lahorn. I'll tell you that. Oh, That's nice! His favorite movie. <laughs> hey, I, I love Young oh, Frankenstein.
1: Man. Yeah, I'll take that straight to the Brooks. <laughs> um, I think because I had said, I think I said something along the lines of like, "Oh, how you know it couldn't get any worse or whatever," and he was like, "You need to see this movie because there's the famous scene of them digging in the graveyard, mm-hmm. right?" Um, So anyways, uh, that would be number two. Um, Next is actually also Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, And I think you touched on it enough to explain why. But yeah. Uh, And then fourth on my list was Casper. Um, Mm. That's a very nostalgic pick for me. I actually don't even know if I would watch it anymore, but it just Mm. held such a a, a, a special place of nostalgia in my heart. Um, Honorable mentions, Adam's Family which I probably wouldn't have put on if we hadn't just rewatched it. So maybe it's recency bias, but uh, it stands. Um, And then Ghostbusters, which I'd watch that movie any time of the year, which is why it didn't make my Halloween Mm -hmm. rush more. Uh, The ring, which is one of the few like really scary movies that I've ever watched. um, That like, I, yeah, I would, I would watch the ring again, probably because I've already only probably only because I've already seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then scream also makes my honorable mentions. Cool. All
0: right. My Rushmore mountain, um, would include, and my criteria for it was very much like when I think of Halloween scenes in movies, what are the movies that I think about? Um, and it, there's a huge nostalgia factor in there, mm-hmm. but there's also some recent stuff on here. So, um, I'll just, I'll throw out Nightmare Before Christmas on there, get that out of the way. Um, it had to be on all three of ours because yeah. it's just so ubiquitous. Everyone knows it. Um, number two, uh, Beetlejuice. The thing about Beetlejuice is that I feel like in the early 90s and maybe in the late 80s too, um, it kind of, I feel like Halloween decorations kind of took. Tons of cues from Beetlejuice mm. and what Tim Burton did, yeah, yeah. like I think of trick or treating growing up, and there's so much of the black light neon colors, I feel like we're popularized by movies like Beetlejuice, and sort of like those they kind of went away from like the again the Hollywood horror stuff, and they kind of got into like this more like vibrance like yeah neon stuff, and so I think Beetlejuice i mean makes me think about that all the time, the set design. Um, my third one would be um, R.I.P. Jim Varney, Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: I you, was you, not ready for an Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not either. <laughs> for whatever reason, I watched that movie like crazy growing up. And I just thought it was so cool that on Halloween night, kids would go to war with these creatures. And if I remember right, I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. But don't they put milk in the water guns to shoot at the monsters and it's milk that kills them.
1: I don't remember.
2: It sounds sounds accurate, but yeah, I I, I,
0: anyway. I wouldn't
2: swear on it.
1: <laughs>
0: Ernest scared stupid. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again.
1: But <laughs> you know what that reason, guy
2: nailed was every poster for every movie. Because <laughs> you can just picture him just like this wine <laughs> shot, of him in the middle. It's like, oh man, he, he built a brand. He was a genius. That's for sure.
0: Oh man. And my, I guess my dark horse sneaking up on this list would be Marriage Story because it has two of the most memorable trick-or-treating scenes that I can think of. The first being him as the invisible man and going around New York City um, or no, he's in California at that point, but he's like Mm -hmm. going to like convenience stores, (laughs) Mm trick-or-treating with his son um, with his Go ahead.
1: That's, that's just such an interesting pick, and I, I feel like you're going to have to do a lot of explaining in the Instagram comments because, <laughs> like, when you say Halloween movies and then marriage story, my first instinct is, like, oh, cool, Matt's lost his mind. Like, <laughs> 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 but you're right. Like, I mean, the you're, you're t- when I think about it in your explanation, it, it, it makes sense based on your criteria. But at first I was, like, it's a very interesting pick. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, to that point, like, usually when you see, like, I mean – a lot of holiday movies, for whatever reason, are revolved around divorce, like mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Like where are you going to get more sweaters after the circus pulls out of town? Like yeah. the whole the whole uh, plot is about like the kid not wanting to be with his dad. and His dad becomes Santa Claus. There's a the whole divorce dynamic that's like an anchor in the plot. And with Marriage Story, it's interesting because they don't use Christmas at all, I don't think. And wait, oh, I guess I mean, there's some like unwrapping. yeah b-roll footage or whatever when they're talking things through but like halloween is like their family holiday Mm -hmm. and you juxtapose the halloween that they have like during the divorce and then the one like like after the divorce and it's like they're in a very different place they're using as a vehicle in the story and so halloween is actually like super important to that story and by the end um and this is like thematic but like he's just like a ghost (laughs) He's just Adam yeah. driver with a sheet over him, <laughs> yeah. not a part of the family Halloween costume, just like wandering around. And so like, I think of those two scenes and the fact that Adam driver is not only in two of my favorite Halloween scenes, but they're in the same movie is crazy to me. Yeah, my, uh, honorable mentions would be Adam's family for the same reasons that Tyler said, like recency bias. It was just such a fun watch. Um, and then I got to go with Hotel Transylvania, mm. which I feel like is sort of the anti Adams family because they are using the Hollywood horror characters, mm. but creating like a family in like a single house sort of thing um, gotcha. so those are my picks nice. nice but uh yeah it was it was great to watch this Halloween. Movie right before Halloween. We're excited to get this episode out for you guys to listen to. Hopefully, you include Adam's family on your watch list and you can let us know what you think of the movie. Let us know what things you agreed with, disagreed with, and we'd love to have you participate in the next tournament and next watch party. Uh, But this is Three Films and Podcasts signing out.
2: See ya.